Good morning. Welcome to the second service uh, for you guys who have been coming with us this summer. Uh, normally speaking, right now would be the huddle. Uh, however, when we go to two services, the huddle is only in the first service. So if you're a huddly, huddler, huddle person, uh, you get to hang with us today. And then you'll know for the next time that um, you guys are in the first service, just so you kind of know what's going on with that. So thank you guys for being patient with us on that, parents and kids alike, um, just so you kind of know what's going on there. So thank you guys for being here. Uh, this morning, it's a little bit interesting. Um, as we were kind of coming up with a series, um, the desire is to always have something that obviously is relevant, uh, that's intriguing. Um, but from the minister standpoint and from a church standpoint, we also desire that it be biblical and that it be God's truth. And so the, the, um, I think probably the modern day church, the interesting dynamics that you try to uh, appeal to is understanding how to be relevant um, to, to you guys and to your generations, uh, but also how to stay true to the Bible. And so um, this is what we came up with. Uh, I'm excited about it and look forward to it. I love that um, the content of what's going to come forth and what God's uh, showing us through this. And I think it'll also be just incredibly beneficial to uh, us as a church, but also to you guys as individuals. So um, this morning, if you would, I just ask you to do this, to, to, be, in a, uh, to be open to what God wants to share with you um, in your life. And, and the way that I sometimes kind of put that is, you know, there's some days that we come to church and, uh, it, you know, if, you're, if you were late one this morning, it's hard to find a parking spot or it's uh, difficult to know your way around if you hadn't been here in the children's ministry in a while because there's a lot changing out there, uh, a lot of love that's happening for our kids. We have some movement going up in the front with a new worship area so that all you people who sit on this side don't have to hear them singing. Y'all can hear them in the back now in the future. And then we have a little welcome center that we're putting up there in the front, and we're trying to be pretty professional by having this little area where we can put the cones so it doesn't look so shoddy, you know, that we actually just have the fluorescent cones just standing out there the whole time. So there's a few changes that are going on, and it all has to do with desiring and hoping to be not only relevant, but also uh, helpful in doing that. So this is a series called The App That Works. The App That Works. And the way I want to kind of introduce you to this this morning is my wife and I have a little war going on. She has a smartphone. I, of course, have the incredible iPhone, which does everything for me. I don't know if it's because I've had a lot of concussions from football. I'm not sure if I'm the smartest are the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know this, that it's real easy to hit a little app and to go where I want to go. It helps me to do what I want to do. She says hers does the same thing, except hers is bigger than where my thumb can go. Hers is, y'all have heard of a phablet? Hello? Okay, this is like a solar panel that fell off one of NASA's rockets. I mean, it's huge. It is that big and a lot of stuff. And it does have a lot of things that you can you know, maneuver on it, and it's pretty cool. I admit it, she's not in here, so I can tell you. It is really cool, and I steal it when she's not around to kind of play with it a little bit. But again, I like just, you know, one hand be able to move, maneuver. Well, <clears throat> we both found the same problem, regardless of what phone we had, is that sometimes you can misplace those phones. You know what I'm saying? They can go places. And in our house, it's important because our kids sometimes want to use the phones for something, so they go all places. And then sometimes I've looked in Elizabeth's purse, and I don't know how she can find things anyway. It's like a small army of luggage and all kinds of things that are going on there. 
you're digging around trying to find it. The phablet's easy to find because it's like a notebook. However, sometimes it slips through the seats in the car and somewhere. So she found this app that you whistle. And the song comes out, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And she finds her phone. Awesome. She kind of annies up on me. Hey, I could whistle and find my phone. How about you? And I'm looking at all the apps that I have, and there's no good whistle app. And it doesn't work half the time. And then these other apps are, you know, you have to make a certain... And I'm sitting there doing... It's not working very well. And all she does, she starts whistling. And then, don't worry, be happy. I know it goes in a little tune. It's going to be bugging you all day. It's going to be in your mind. Does that every time. Really drives me nuts because it works. All right, well, we're driving down the road one day. And I don't know about you guys who have a, you know, if you have a car full of children. Mine's 12, 11, and 9. Thank you very much. And um, there are certain high pitches that happen in the car due to excitement and or argument or discussions that happen in the car. So we're having one of those one day, and we get to a certain pitch, and guess what happens? The phone goes off. Nobody whistled. The phone just went off. And then another day, Elizabeth was back here. This is my shameless plug for the children's area. Elizabeth was back here having to cover somebody because they weren't here that Sunday to hang out with the, third, the little three- or four-year-olds. And so she brings her purse into the three- and four-year-old room and is playing with the kids down on the ground, having fun, doing ministry. And all of a sudden, the kid's pitch hits a note, and guess what comes on? Don't worry. Be happy. In the kid's room back here, three-year-old, four-year-old. And all of a sudden, we realize that the app does not really work the way it's supposed to work. It's not correctly working. I don't know about you, but when my app doesn't correctly work, especially if it's one I paid for, it's really bothersome. To me, if it's a freebie, I'm sometimes give it a pass. But you want it to do what it says it will do, correct? And so this morning, we want to talk to you about the app that works. And that app is through our relationship with Christ Jesus. It's the app that works. Now, if you have your worship guides, I want you to do a certain thing for me this morning. Pull them out real quick. You don't have to hold them up. Just pull them out. Look on the front page. You don't have to look on the notes in the back yet. Look on the front page, and you'll see four emblems that are sitting there. And those four emblems represent something. So if you'll go to the third emblem, you will see a hand. And that's what we're going to discuss this morning. The app that works, and that one says serve. The context that I think that we put it a little bit, maybe more uh, what I consider practical, applies to our life, is personal ministry. I think every single person in this room desires, somewhere in our heart, we desire to be involved or do something greater than ourselves. We desire to to help there be pure water. We desire to feed people who are homeless. We desire to, to help build houses to people who don't have nice houses. We desire to do a mission trip that, that helps this group of people. We desire to help our neighbor. We desire to do and be greater than we really are. And we want it, we want it to mean something. We want it to be significant. In fact, one of the questions that we could ask ourselves this morning is, hey, when, 
when you and I are dead and gone, what have we left behind? If you're here this morning and you're just, you're, you're working and you're doing a great job at your, at your work, and it's only so that, so that J.B. Hunt or Walmart or, 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 or whatever company can just have a better margin and, and make more money, then what is it all about? And by the way, provision is important. And I'm not against making money. But as you sit and you think about <clears throat> your life, what is it at the end of the day? Is it about us leaving and giving and bringing more money or more things to people or to organizations? Or is there an eternal value that is important? What is your legacy going to be? What are you going to leave behind? Oh, that person was a great communicator. Oh, that guy, that Beasley guy, he's the nicest guy you've ever met. And he could eat too. Thank you. What do you want to be thought of? When we get to the core of who we really are and how God created us, I believe that every person in here desires to do and to be greater than we can even imagine. Greater than sometimes we can even dream. And so when we look at that little emblem today, serve, I want to give you a couple of things about it. First of all, it, it, it's also about personal ministry. And the way that the series is going to be talked about is, is we're going to really be kind of speaking in this language, that it's going to be about your personal ministry. And this is the way that Rick Warren described it in Ephesians 2.10. And that's not your notes, so put it somewhere out to the side there. Ephesians 2.10, and this is from the Living Bible, not the Living Translation, but the Living Bible. He says it this way. It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. God calls you and me to a service far beyond anything that you or I could ever imagine, we were put on earth to make a contribution. We weren't created just to consume resources, to eat, to breathe, to take up space. God designed you and I to make a difference with our life. You were created to add life on earth, not just take from it. God wants us to give something back. The Bible says in the second part of, of, of that scripture in Ephesians 2, he says this, in union with Christ, Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. These good deeds are our service to the world. Whenever you serve others in any way, you are actually serving God and fulfilling one of your purposes. I believe God has made each and every one of us sitting in this room with a special purpose. And he's given a special plan. In fact, in Jeremiah, it's sitting in your scripture, uh, on your worship guide there in Jeremiah. The next verse right there says this in one five: Before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born. And then listen to this translation. I set you apart for a special work. Everyone in this room, God has something, a plan with a special work that he desires for each one of us to have. A personal ministry. You could say that served. Now listen to this. Most people think that special work 
are for pastors, thank you very much, clergymen, professionals, priests, but God says that every member of the family is to minister. Listen to this. The Bible says that these words, servant and minister, mean the same. Service and ministry mean the same. If you are a follower of Christ, you are a minister. And when you are serving, you are what? You are ministering. So each one of us doesn't have to be the paid guy up front who's the preacher. Each one of us are a minister. Each one of us who has personal ministry, who has a place of serving others, is a minister. And you are ministering. But greater than that, you're also serving God's what? His greater purpose for your life and for my life. And we find purpose in that. It's the way that he created us that we actually gain purpose from serving other people. And you've probably heard this before, but hey, when you've got some stuff going on in your life, and listen, I I know in our church we've got a lot of people that have some things going on in their lives. We've got some marriages that that are are right there on the brink uh, of of families splitting up. We've got some financial stuff that's going on in some families in our church that that any way you look, you go, how are we going to get out of this? We have some physical things that are going on with people in our church that, that if you look at it on a piece of paper, you say, how do we even pray? How do we pray for, for those people who have this going on physically? There's a lot of needs in this church, and here's what God says that we can do. is One is that we can serve those people. We serve each other as the body. We help each other as the body, but also when we're serving other people, that also takes our mind and our purpose off of ourselves. And it helps us. It's not only helping others, it ends up helping what? It ends up helping us. And he tells us that we have that purpose in our life. And it's not just the special work for the preachers. Have you ever wondered this? Have you ever wondered why God doesn't just immediately take us to heaven the moment that we accept him, the moment we accept his grace, his gift, his love? Why didn't he just take us to heaven right then? Why does he leave us in this world? Why are we left here with their sin and there's things that we don't understand and there's, there's things that happen bad to people? Why would he leave us here? That's what he does. He leaves us here to fulfill his purpose. Once you and I have become a follower of Christ, once you and I have this relationship with, with God through his son Jesus, then you and I will, will bring about his purpose. He intends to use us For his goals. God has a ministry for you in our church. But not only in our church, but also a mission for you for the world. For you. You have a purpose. There is a special plan, according to Jeremiah, that God has for each one of you to have a personal ministry. How do I find that out, what that's about? That, that'll be some of the next four or five weeks together in the Scripture is asking God to reveal that to you. What am I supposed to do? How can I be engaged? What, what, what's greater than me that I can give myself to, God, that it's about your glory and, and about what you intended with purpose? And so we search for that. We seek that. We want to know what that is. And interesting enough, Paul talks about it in the book of Colossians. 
in chapter 3. And let me read this to you at the beginning of your notes there. It says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember, for the Lord will give you the inheritance as your reward and that, that the master you are serving is Christ. What is it? Why are we doing this? We're doing this for his purpose and our love for him. And listen, I, I know that really easily for, for some of our people at, at this point, we could sit there and go like, okay, so you're telling me I'm supposed to serve and I just check it off my list. Listen, the heart of, of this church and, and my heart and, and the rest of the staff's heart is not to guilt you, to shame you, to twist your arm, to ever make you feel uh, awkward about serving. Our desire is that if you will spend time with the Creator, is that He will reveal to you purpose that, that you have in your life. And there's something special that He has for each one of you. And that, that if you will spend time with, he'll, he, with Him, He'll reveal that to you. And then it's not about us up here saying we, we have needs in, in, the, in the kids in the back or, or the junior high or, or mentors for the college or, or what we're trying to do on campus. The desire is that, that God shows you that there's personal ministry that you can be engaged in, that you're involved in. And by the way, it might be way beyond the, the thoughts of, of this church. It may be way out there in the community helping. And we, we do that through partnerships with Life Source and Seven Hills Homeless Shelter. And we do that with Young Life and with FCA. We partner with them to help us to be able to, to, to mobilize better in doing ministry. But God might be calling you to do something even beyond that, that that we're not aware of as a church and you hadn't even been aware of, but it's in your gift set or it's in something that's a passion in your life. And our, our desire is a church that you know that God has a purpose and he has something that he wants you to be engaged in with personal ministry. Paul addressed that with us. He, he said, this is why we do it. This is the reason we do that. But then look down here in Matthew. I'm not going to read all of that, but jump down to 35 of Matthew uh, 25, and it says this. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked. That's the Texas term, naked. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then down to 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you're also doing it to me. And then look at 45. And he will answer and say, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. What does that mean? It means this, that that as believers, as people who are followers of Christ, that we help each other. That we come together as the body of Christ and we all have a different function. We're not all thumbs and we're not all eyes and we're not all noses. We're all different. And that brings about the body. But the body has to work together. And by the way, that's not just the little c, our church. That's the body of Christ, all churches, his kingdom. That means I'm not competing against the Grove and, and Cross Church and UBC and Central Methodist and CLC. 
I'm not competing. We're all part of the same church, God's church. I'm I'm not competing against the church of Christ. Uh, I'm not competing against other churches. I I am looking at what God says is his kingdom and for his glory, and that our desire is that we would reach people on the campus and, and in our community for the cause of Christ. Not for our little church, but that we would do it for his purpose and his glory and what he says. And interesting enough, look at what this looks like in the scripture with Paul. And he gives us a little description in a couple of places. We'll jump back to Colossians in a second. But the church at Jerusalem, listen to this, they were in desperate need. And Jerusalem was the capital city of Israel. It was the Mecca of Judaism. And it was also the place where what Christ was crucified. And the Jews, they turned their backs on Judaism and they followed the crucified and risen Christ. And because they followed that, they were what? They were outcast. I would even say probably some of them were fired at their jobs. And they were kicked out of the community. Now listen, culturally, here's what's going on. Paul addresses Colossians, and he addresses the churches in Colossae, and he's saying this, Paul went around talking to the Gentile churches about helping the church, guess what church? The church at Jerusalem. He went to them and saying, as the body of Christ, this is what we're going to do. Here's what's happening to the church in Jerusalem. And by the way, they're a different culture and they think very differently from you. But because you're the body of Christ, we're going to serve them. And that's what Paul did and what he describes in Galatians 3, 23 and 24. Willingly. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you the inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. And he puts that in the context of serving these other people. Something that is greater than ourselves. By the way, something that could be very difficult. Hey, I know not all of you like three and your three and four year old kids in the back. And some of us, it's easy and comfortable going, I love those kids. Oh, yeah. Snot, fun, diapers. Ah, good for you. Some of you, I like teenagers. I can serve there. I really like those college kids. Low maintenance with the college kids. Yeah, I can mentor. Don't do it the way I did it. Right? What is, what is God calling you to? Sometimes God doesn't call you to the comfort. He calls you to something that's uncomfortable so that you'll trust him in doing those things. Sometimes it's in our wheelhouse. Oh, that's easy. I'm in. And by the way, us as churches and ministries, we love that. Oh, yeah, that's in your wheelhouse. You can do that blindfolded. Go back there. Have at it. But it's not what God showed you to do. What is God showing you to do? What's he showing you to be involved in? And in the next few weeks, we'll give you some opportunities to see that or for you to express that to us and see how we can help you as a church to do that. Now listen to this. This is in 2 Corinthians 9.13. It's a little out of context of how I put it in order. 
but your second verse on your, uh, on your scripture there. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. What does that mean? That means this. I believe that a lot of us have difficulty sharing Christ. I believe a lot of us have difficulty um, telling our testimony. Sometimes it's just embarrassing. Hey, this is what I used to be, and, and that's what I used to be, and so it's. Sometimes we're just not confident in what we're doing. Hey, nobody's ever told me how to share what God did with me and how he changed my life or transformed my life. I, I get that. Some of us are just not upfront people. I get that. Some of us don't have what the scripture says, this, this spiritual gift of evangelism. Man, tell me to share Christ in front of people, there's no way. Some of it is intimidation. Some of it is a little fear. Some of it is, hey, am I going to offend somebody? I, I get all that. And yet, here's what, here's what the Lord says. As a result, listen, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your, again, what is ministry another word for? As a result of your what? Service. As a result of your service, your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. So this is what I would like you to write down at the very bottom in your notes. When we discover our own personal ministry, we actually prove the good news of the gospel to a lost world. When, when you find your place of service or areas of service, when you find what God has as a personal ministry that you're serving and you're being engaged to, when you find that, you are actually proving out the gospel of the good news. You're actually showing people, not by law, I got to do this. Pastor said I got to serve with the three year olds. Check. You are proving because of your serving. And listen, you can't do that if it's not out of love. You can't do that if it's not out of his especially if it's doing something you don't like doing. You can't do it just by trying to do it. It doesn't come across right. It, come, it comes across as fake. It comes across as, you all know what I'm saying, spin or kind of PR. It's either real or it's not, isn't it? And we know it. And by the way, the younger generation, they, they sniff it out, I mean, from miles away. You know, most of us over 30 in here, we've got so many kind of masks and, and all of our stuff on, and we kind of look good on the outside. But, but the truth is, is they can sniff it out when it's not authentic and it's not real. When we discover our personal ministry, our service, we actually prove out the good news of the gospel. That is what 2 Corinthians 9, 13 says tells us as a result of your ministry of your service they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and all the believers will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ is there anything this morning that is holding you back 
from serving God? Is there anything that's holding you back from, from some part of personal ministry? Is there, is there anything that is driving you more towards what you can do for your bosses and your business and your companies and, and all those things or how kids, how you can perform for, for this coach or that coach or perform for our parents? Or, is there anything that we are putting before God? Because he says that he wants to be first and that if he'll be first, then he'll prove out his relationship to us through us and with us. And by the way, that, that gives us purpose and blessing when he does that with us. And it's not about the checklist at that point. It's about doing it out of what God says will bring approval, but also purpose to our life from him. And then how about this second question? What ministry do you believe that God is showing you or revealing to you that you know that you need his strength and power to complete it? That you really need God's strength and his power to be able to even complete what he's called you to do or what he's desiring you to do because left in your own strength, it's hard. And you're not even sure you can accomplish it. Because when that happens, then you're getting into trusting God for what he desires more than what you and I desire. And that's where he wants us to be. Lord, what is your will? What is your desire? Where do you have me in ministry? What, what, is, it that I can, what is it that I have that I can give that, that gives and serves people? Because at the end of the day, I call it the dash. When you and I have this beginning point, that's our birthday, and we have this ending point, that's when we die. The dash in between is what you and I have done and been for God's glory on this earth. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, in all of our lives, there's going to be a dash. And Lord, this morning, I simply ask you to use Scripture to speak to our hearts about any kind of ministry that we need to be engaged in. Lord, we're, we, haven't given, we haven't given options. We're not, we're not trying to, to twist anybody's arm to go in the back and serve with the kids or do the parking lot or do any of those things. Lord, all we're asking you to do is to start revealing us to us, Lord, what, what your heart is what your desire is. And that, Lord, in doing that, we, we really find that our purpose is in bringing you glory. And that, God, you have told us in Jeremiah that you have something very special for each one of us, that you have a plan. And, Lord, we just ask in these next few weeks, and maybe even today, that you'll show us and reveal to us what that is, that we might be about what you want us to be about. Lord, may our response this morning through worship of song be one of empty vessels of, Lord, um, where there needs to be, Lord, some conviction. God, would you convict us? Where there needs to be, Lord, some confession. Lord, let us confess to you. Lord, where there needs to be, Lord, some encouragement. Lord, may we be encouraged by your word. But, Lord, may our response to you be, Lord, genuine. And may it be, Lord, um, sense that your spirit is with us. And that, God, you know our hearts, and you love us, and you have something for each and every one of us.
Reveal that to us this morning.